Von Palmer from the Vancouver Sun joins us on this Tuesday morning. And Von, let's start out with some good news. And the Premier seems to be doing well. Yes, he does. John Horgan on social media yesterday uh, tweeted that he has completed uh, 35 radiation treatments. It's no small order. Uh, of course, the Premier ever the Trekkie said, well, they had the phasers on stun. <laughs> <laughs> God, he does have a good sense of humor, I have to say that. Uh, he also said um, that he's not as robust as he used to be, and I gather the translation on that is is that he actually lost more than 20 pounds uh, on the treatment. So good news. He says, uh, see you soon. Um, I gather the plan is uh, John Horgan will uh, continue to work at home, as he's been doing all along, uh, but does plan to, oh, what the hell, let's say it. He plans to be back on the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> By the first week in February, and yes, uh, he was already a cancer survivor, and it sounds like uh, this round of treatment for throat cancer has gone as well as can be expected. Well, that is good news because that can you never know with that, right? The kind of toll that it takes on somebody, and he sounds like he's still in good humor, and he the latest approval ratings were out too. Yeah, and look, I I have to say, you know, you you look at the opinion polling numbers for John Horgan. I've I've covered 10 premiers and counting here in British Columbia. I can't think of one. Well, some of them didn't even survive four and a half years in office. I can't think of one after four and a half years in office that had numbers as good as this. Approval rating, um, 54% approval rating. That's very comfortable. He's number three among Canadian premiers, Legault in Quebec, and the the new guy down in uh, Nova Scotia, who hasn't been around long enough for me to be able to remember his name, uh, is a little <laughs> bit ahead of him. But no, this is these are impressive numbers for John Horgan, and I think they do show that the B.C. public is, has been impressed with the style he's brought to office, uh, with the way, in general, his government has managed the pandemic and all the other crises. And you could say it's also a factor of there not being a, an opposition leader at the moment, and there's an interim one and a bunch of other things. But no, uh, this is these numbers for Horgan have been so consistent since he became premier in the summer of 2017. He's only once or twice dipped below 50% as an approval rating. Uh, those are really good numbers, in a, especially in British Columbia, where we tend to be very unforgiving of our premiers. Oh, yes, we do. Okay, so um, we'll see what happens when he comes back to the legislature. But there, are, I'd say there's some clouds on the horizon, Vaughn, because the latest kind of go-round with the pandemic yes. health restrictions and what's going on, it, it just didn't go well for the government with the way this was rolled out. That's true. And the Angus Reid survey that I just quoted also acknowledged that, that uh, BC, uh, the BC public's confidence in the government's management of the pandemic has faltered a bit. And they mentioned the furor over rapid testing, I would have to say, Simi, that what happened in the last 24 hours is not going to help those numbers. So on Friday, Dr. Bonnie Henry was asked more than once, uh, three times, as I recall, by reporters during the regular briefing, what happens when your latest public health orders expire on Tuesday? And she said, not once, but two or three times, wait till Tuesday. I'll tell you what's going to happen on Tuesday. Then, on Monday, uh, public health, the health ministry, 
publishes revised orders, including orders uh, for teachers, school districts, gymnasiums, and there's a big change in all of them. And no explanation from the health ministry why that was done before the briefing that we were all told to wait for. And it was only after some reporters, including our colleague Richard Zussman at Global, started reporting these changes that the health ministry finally, yesterday afternoon, about 4.30, came out with a, an explanation. They said, oh, it's, it's a technical change. That's all. It's basically wait for Tuesday. Look, this change <laughs> generated shockwaves through the gym community and other parts of uh, the business community that were looking at the orders expiring on Tuesday. And it also shocked the teachers. I gather you got Terry Mooring on this morning. Mm-hmm. I expect uh, I expect she was, and teachers really caught off guard. So this is a, a, a significant fiasco in the management of the system. And Dr. Henry is going to have to explain today, and I think she's the one who has to explain it, I why guess... she said wait till Tuesday on, on Friday, and then these orders came out on Monday with no explanation. You know, we're, all, we're told repeatedly by the health authorities, by the government, by Horgan, by Adrian Dix, listen to Dr. Bonnie Henry, and God knows I hear it often enough from her chair-leading section. So how does a screw-up of this magnitude happen? Uh, It's a huge question. I guess I wondered, you know, okay, what was the rationale behind this? Then were the numbers that they were seeing over the weekend so concerning that they felt it couldn't wait until Tuesday? And, And if that was the case then why not just call a briefing on Monday? They've certainly called last-minute briefings yeah. before. Well, the, <laughs> the technical explanation, and I, I give it only because thanks to the health ministry we have it, the technical explanation is that the previous orders ended at 12.01 a.m. Tuesday, today, and the briefing wasn't scheduled until 1.30 today. So Dr. Henry, they quote, collectively, didn't want the orders to expire and then be updated a few hours later. So they effectively extended the orders on Monday so they wouldn't expire and left it to Dr. Henry herself to explain the change this afternoon. That's a technical explanation. I, I have to say, Simi, that If you look at the financial statements of the provincial government, the annual budget, the government communications apparatus has more people working for it than any newsroom in the province. Indeed, it is larger, more than 200 people. It is larger than most of the newsrooms in the province put together. This is what we're up against in terms of communication. But you look at something like this, and it looks to me, Simi, this is a giant communications yeah. apparatus, which does not actually see that its job includes communicating. 
I know it was such a bizarre situation and trying to get an answer on so many questions is difficult. For instance, also in the health ministry, what is going on with this maternity ward closing at Peace Arch? There, it doesn't seem to be any kind of good explanation as to what's going on. You're right. It's a real struggle. Again, our colleagues trying to get an answer uh, in Fraser Health for the closure of the the Matt Ward and Peace Arch Hospital. And over here in Victoria, the closure of a major clinic, uh, right, right next to the the hospital here in Victoria, uh, right on the border between two NDP held ridings, and the media over here scrambling to find out why this is happening. Uh, why in a province where the uh, New Democrats regularly boast how much extra money, hundreds of millions of dollars, they've put into the healthcare system, you're getting services removed, not increased. And you're right, Simi. You try to get answers on these. It takes these health authorities forever to provide an answer. Often the answers are inadequate. And, you know, before long, Simi, they'll be charging us 10 bucks uh, to apply even <laughs> right. for the information. I have to say, uh, as I say, for a government that is so proud of being open and transparent, uh, it isn't. No, it doesn't seem that way. Okay, so looking ahead to one thirty, then, I, I take it this is going to be a pretty extensive briefing. I don't think we're going to be getting any good news. No, I don't think so, and, I, and, and we'll get a briefing. And then, you know, again, uh, it, just by way of explanation to the listener for what the news media are up against doing their jobs here, you know, it's they're still run on a one-question, one-follow-up set of rules, um, if they can duck the first question, uh, they can usually find some way to hide behind the second one, and you don't get a third one to say, hey, you didn't answer the first two questions. So it's that. Uh, most news organizations find themselves being rationed as to the number of reporters and questions. And, of course, it's the biggest story in British Columbia still, and all of us, uh, our reporters, news directors, pundits, everybody still has lots of questions to ask. So uh, it's it's it. I just offer that as way of an explanation. Yes. Right. It, it's not anything other than that, and it's just why it is so hard to get information here. But I do think, Simi, it starts with a communications apparatus that seems to be run mainly to avoid communicating at times. Well, sometimes it does seem that way. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye.